Episode. This is the second part of a doubleheader. If you haven't heard the first, go back. Go back and listen to it. If you can't be bothered, that's all right. Just keep listening to this one and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. And don't forget, like and subscribe. I hate it when people say that. Well, Mark, we are at a point which is huge now. So this is... The finals, Detroit taking on the Lakers. And after taking a 3-2 series lead back to Los Angeles, Detroit are poised to win their first NBA title in game six. They are one game away of winning their first title in the 1988-89 season. Now, I implore anyone listening to this who has not seen Game six, Detroit versus the Los Angeles Lakers in 1889. Please watch it because arguably you've got to say it's one of the all time performances. Top, I was going to say top 10, top five. It's got to be. Top five for finals, no question. So what happens? And damn it, I've forgotten when it happens. So basically, in this game, Isaiah is driving down middle of the court. Gets near the key, he rolls his ankle. Now, if just when you look at the clip, look at his freaking shoes. It looks like tennis shoes. They are like those, you know, the plimsolls that you had to wear when you were at school. They're not far off. No, they're awful. They're not far off. That is low cut. That is low cut. He rolls his ankle. Now, any basketball player out there, I think most of us have rolled our ankles you know that pain that you go through and this guy rolls his ankle he is it is done it is he is done now what happens next is why it's arguably one of the greatest all-time performances for a single player in nba history in in a, in a nba finals again my my personal opinion is because what happens next is isaiah goes to the bench closes his eyes puts himself into some some place mentally yeah. and then goes, right, I'm going to carry on playing and steps up and he's he's hobbling on the court. He's, he can't run. And then he scores, um, I think it was 25, yeah, 25 points in the third quarter on a severely sprained ankle. There's That's a, what then goes and happens. There's a great clip of that where he, you see him running up the court at one point. And when you see him running, it's like, his whole body he's contorting it to try and offset that yeah in his weight on it and he takes the shot goes down the the, the um the left hand side does one of his jump shots and he's taking it taking off from the other foot yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's because he hops like in the yeah crowd, and when he, he lands and then he yeah. hops and you think how do you take off from the other foot to take a shot and you know you're taking off that on that foot because the other one seriously hurts mm. I mean like him or not that's flipping impressive well 25 points in the third quarter alone yeah. and I don't know if this is still an NBA finals record but I think it is 25 points in the third quarter wow um again sorry on a rolled ankle now 
Um, the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game by one point. And it's... I think any Detroit fan listening to me will know exactly what I'm about to say. This is known as the Phantom Foul. So Detroit are up by one. Isaiah on one leg. They're up by one. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gets the ball. Bill Lane Beer's marking him. He does... Um, Kareem does his classic turnaround hook shot. Lane Beer jumps up completely straight. There is air. <whistles> Foul. And you're like, I mean, I've watched that clip a lot trying to see what the ref was calling there. I had a look this morning. That is no eyes. foul. That is not a foul. All I would say is, if you're going to call Bill Lanebeer for a foul, I think he'd be more disappointed at the fact of, like, you're calling me for that. Like, I yeah. have flattened people, and you've been like, mm, not sure, was that a charge or not? Well, it's and, known as the phantom foul. Yeah. Referred to by many as the phantom foul. And I, I can't remember where I heard this, but someone said um it might have been a Detroit player no it may be it's someone in the in the press they said the ref didn't call him for that foul they called him for the 2000 fouls <laughs> yeah. he did on another 2000 guys that didn't get called yeah i don't understand that what the other two referees saw because they must have seen hang on that is not a foul i don't know but it's um again that's what's beautiful about basketball. Like, you know, that's what happened. Yeah. Cream so, goes someone to can line, come in and completely stitch up the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. It's a beautiful thing. It's uh, Rumour has it, that ref actually is the one that is currently training all the current NBA refs. <laughs> and that's why they're all so shocking. Wow. Well, look, Mark, it's an incident that we're still talking like, what, 35 years later. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. So, um... The um, sorry, where was I going? So they lose by one. Um, Cream goes to the line, scores both free throws, go to the line, and that's now, in LA, isn't it? Um, that yeah, I th yeah, it wasn't Lakers. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was in the form. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and then look, Thomas, I oh, sorry, Isaiah is then on the ankle. He's then run an entire half on a s severely sprained ankle. I think it was, um, I want to say it was Joe Dumas that said they saw him take his shoe off and he was like, oh, shit, Isaiah's out, he's done. And the next thing, Isaiah's walking on to play the third quarter. And he's like, wow, okay. Like, um, so game four, sorry, game seven, Detroit lose to the Lakers by three points. And the Lakers... Let's not forget they're playing here. Mm -hmm. um, the Lakers are now the first team to go back-to-back -back NBA champions. Since, I think I want to say the Boston uh, Celtics in 69. Um, you're nodding. You're looking at your stats. Um, however, however, if that referee did not call that foul, that wasn't a foul, mm -hmm. this could be Detroit's first championship. Arguably, that should be Detroit's first championship. Wow. you got to say that. Yeah, what's funny got is to say it. you look at it and you go, Celtics, uh, sorry, Lakers, 1980. 
Celtics 81, Lakers 82, and uh, I haven't got down 83 actually. I think it was. Oh, I've done a gap. Uh, 84 was Celtics, 85 was Lakers, 86 was Celtics, 87 was Lakers, 88 was Lakers. <laughs> like, oh my god, like they're just literally just trading. Yeah. And that's that's why you know this Detroit is so important as well because that rivalry they were literally swapping championships year on year, and then Detroit came in almost like in the middle of that, just and, trying to upset it, but and just disrupting it, just couldn't get over those hurdles. So look, they've they they've finally got over the Celtics hurdle, and they are now met with the other juggernaut in the West. Yeah, they get called a phantom foul lose the championship um and that's that so we're now in the 89 90 season yeah just drawing a line under my notes do you know what it always confuses me with the seasons because whenever you look at the seasons and then they'll say what year the championship is yeah it'll like, say 88 uh, 89 okay there's the championship what's the championship say well 89 well, Mark, we're going to bring up something that you brought up. Yes. Your throw under the bus question that I only knew yes. because of what happens now. So the Pistons start the 88-89 season, and the legend known as Jack McClowski, he makes a huge trade. So he takes um, Adrian Dantley yep. um, and trades that superstar for Mark Aguirre. This is during the 89, eight, sorry, this is during the 88-89 season. Yes. Um, he makes that trade. And I don't think the Detroit Pistons started well that season. Then they make this trade during the season. So, again, going back to your question, who is Mark Aguirre? Mark Aguirre is the number one pick of the NBA when Isaiah went through and was the number two pick. Yeah, I know. He also is from Chicago. Oh, is he? And good mates with Isaiah. So uh, I know Adrian Dantley always was like, there was a lot of hostility, I think, coming between Dantley and Thomas in those days. And they could feel, hang on, you know, what's going on here? They got rid, rid of one of the problems. Yeah. Brings in Isaiah's best mate, Mark Aguirre. Lovely. So, you know what? I always think it's really interesting. When you talk about seasons, seasons, nothing. People will just talk playoffs, don't they? Yeah. And I, I think that's why you get players like Kobe was just like, it's just about the ring now. Who gives a crap? It's the ring. It, that's their focus is that. Yeah. In 20 years time, you're not thinking. Oh, they won. They went 54 and 36. I don't care. Yeah. So it all comes down to the playoffs. Well, look at the playoffs this the, the year just gone. You had two teams going into the finals. You had, you had people like the Lakers and the Heat and stuff. They weren't even, they didn't make the play. They actually had to do the play-ins. Mm. They had to win the play-ins, and they were bottom seeded in the play-ins to get to the point of getting to the playoffs. And then they just started knocking people out. You think, what? In the old days, they'd never even been they'd been out. Do you, so, do you like it or not? Yeah, I'm undecided. I like the fact that you're still letting people have a chance. I think it's a bit odd, though. You're undecided. I was. I agree with. That. I'm undecided. I, th I think the problem is. 
Uh, It'd be worse if they said everyone gets oh, in. I don't, I don't like being controversial. Well, yes, I do. You're saying it's the 88-89. Yes. That was an inaugural season for them as well, wasn't it? Because they used to play in the Pontiac Silverdome. And that was very famous. No, no, Mark, you're a season ahead. Nope. Yeah, you are. They moved in 1988 um, into the Palace at Auburn Hills. And the Silverdome was the, a very interesting building, if no one's ever heard of it. Uh, it was very famous because it was... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Of course I am. I, I wrote, this, I wrote my uh, note for the Palace coming in in the wrong place. I did it after my story here. So the, the thing about the Silver Dome, I don't know if you know this, but it was one of the first buildings, or there was a few at the time, it was one of the last ones that still had this roof. And the roof was actually made of like a fabric and it was held up by air. That sounds, I know it sounds really silly to say it, but it was one of the last ones to do that. So they thought they were going to sell that and it was going to become something else. And the developers tried to resurrect it, but it turned out it was just not going to happen. But the Silverdome used to, like, they used to do the NHL games as well there. It was like 82,000 people. So it was one of the biggest arenas. So can you imagine that at the time? Going to watch a basketball game in the early 80s, you got like 80-odd thousand people in, in a watching Yeah, a I think game. what Detroit used to do, they would have... It was the Detroit like, Lions at the same time. I think they would have half the... Uh, let's say one half of, I guess, guess the NFL court. Yes. Not court, pitch, would have fans in it. Yep. Then they would put the court going along the side mm -hmm. and then they would build bleachers on the pitch. They've done something very recently in one of the college games. So it actually. wasn't the full thing. So no. it would have been, it wouldn't have been 80. It would have been like at like, least. It'd be like 30,000 at least. Yeah, yeah, it, at it, least it, 30. Bit ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous regardless. And um, so they moved to the Palace in Auburn Hills. And that is, I think, worth mentioning because the Palace is so ingrained, I think, in in the Detroit folklore. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. with Boston, you had the garden. When they moved to the Palace, that was theirs. And and it became a really formidable venue. Like, you didn't want to go... Because, like you said, people didn't want to go to Detroit. And then they bought this bad boy image. And now they've got a new stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Palace, that was a, a great arena. Palace of Auburn Hills. Yeah. Well, well, we'll continue on with the 88-89 season, Mark. <laughs> so, they've traded Dan Lee, they got Mark Aguirre, and um, the team goes on to 63 wins um, in the regular season, beating the previous, uh, was it the previous year? Where they got 53? Something mm. like that. Anyway, yeah. they, do, they do very well. Steamroll straight through the playoffs. Get to the NBA Finals um, with a rematch against the Lakers. Okay. Kurt Rambis. Rambis, yeah. yeah that was the yeah, dude yeah. who had the mullet. Yes, yeah. Kurt Rambis. Um, I'm just I, I was sitting there. I've been really digging through my head. It's like I can see the mullet and I can see the things. So I couldn't think of his name. I'm just going to pause for a moment because... I, I got him mixed up once, weirdly. And there was a picture of him and I thought it was Phil Jackson. And I don't know if you've ever seen Phil Jackson in his youth, but he had the mullet sort of thing going on as well with the tash. Yes, well, that brings me to this point, which is really valid. Um, if you're interested in the Lakers, Always. there is a TV show called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Mm -hmm. And it is a great, great TV show. So it's like 
Yeah, it's basically a TV show about how the Lakers became Showtime Lakers. Right. And it starts with, I think, it starts before Magic gets traded. But you see, you know, um, oh, sorry, who's the co head coach again? Who becomes head coach? Pat Riley. Pat Riley. So you see Pat Riley when he looks like he's smoking drugs. You see him in those days. He still does now. He lives in Miami. No, as well, but you know what? He looks like a hippie. You, so you you see him when he looks like a hippie. <laughs> you see Jerry West going nuts. Pre, pre New York Pat Riley. That's what you're trying to say. Because um, New York Pat Riley was the slick Pat Riley. And it's all about basically. It's all about Jerry Bus. Yeah. It's all about him, but it's it's great, and it's about how he acquires the Lakers, and he gets in the Lakers. They have the toying cast, then they get magic. And it's all about that, and it goes off from there. But if you've not seen it, I really recommend Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Um, <laughs> I would take it with a pinch of salt, because how can you verify any of these conversations happen? Yeah. But it's a, it's, it, it's actually, I think it's two seasons long. What's maybe that? Maybe three. What's it on? Um, it's just out there somewhere, is it's it? It's out there. It's out there. But I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really good. All right. No, I, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. I don't really knowingly good. go to look for Lakers stuff. You'll recognise some of the actors. So some <laughs> okay. of the actors. All right. Um, uh, look, you mentioned Pat Riley. It's worth mentioning. Pat, like, what a career to be. He because he was assistant. This is a show about the bad boys. I know, but he was assistant coach there, and then they were like, um, I think something happened, and they went get rid of that. He coach. was announcer Mark. Yeah, but he, he was announced and then he was went a, to assistant coach, then head coach. But I think it was Johnson who apparently went to uh, Jerry Bush. Jerry Bus. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> and went to him and basically went get that get rid of that coach. Uh, he wasn't get gelling or whatever, and they were like, oh yeah, that wasn't the reason that we got rid of the coach. And then sure enough, in, and then they went right, Pat, you've now been promoted to head coach. And then they went start, and then they won the next one, and then the, you know, and then that Showtime Lakers came about, and you look at that and go, was that one of the first times? We're talking about pivotal moments, and you know how the '80s was quite pivotal. I think when, let me think, when he was when it was around that time, that's got to be one of the first players that has actually influenced what what the coaches are doing, and you know, people argue in modern times about someone like LeBron, for example, having massive impact about like, uh, like Ty Lue and saying, bring these people in or go do this. And the massive, uh, Shaq did the same when he went from like Miami to Lakers and Orlando and stuff. And the power of a player against a coach and that sort of thing. That's huge. But actually that's as far back as magic goes. And, you know, we saw that obviously with Jordan. But that's as far back as that goes, you know, with, with Magic doing that to get the Showtime Lakers, who then did that. Whereas in Detroit, you didn't have that. You had the Detroit staff making all the play and then putting the team together going, you guys are going to work together. When you think of it that way, it wasn't like, let's bring the best players in. It was like, yeah, they are great players, but they're probably all going to hate each other. But they got, I think they got people with the right mindset. Well, like yeah. Jack McCloskey, he was, the, he was the man. That's what I mean. So he was pulling those people in and you think blimey like that was brave compared to like go get that player I want this person which is you know what you kind of see nowadays and this is the classic one I wanted to talk about the great story uh, about Lane Beer I'm sure it's this one oh shoot hang on before I talk about this I'm just going to go back in time again 
time travel. We're going to go back in time. We need a time travel noise. Because a lot of people know younger guys, know Jordan. So I'm just highlighting this Jordan. So before the Detroit Pistons took on the Celtics in the conference finals in 88-89, yep. they took on Jordan. Yep. As <laughs> I'm quoting Bill Lane Beer, we took on Jordan and the Jordanettes. Jordanettes. And obviously the Detroit won in six games. Yeah. But this is where Jordan is now physically strong. He's yeah, mentally yeah. strong. So he 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 served up 46 points in one of these games. Um I think it was the first or second game actually. The Bulls go up 2-1. They're up 2-1. Um and this I think when they go up 2-0, this is where Isaiah goes out on uh, I think by a lake or something like that and he's sitting there and he comes up with the Jordan rules of Joe Dumas oh okay yeah, yeah. so this is the Jordan rules where they're just like double team him triple team him make him pass the ball and if he comes into the key boom put him on the floor okay so I mean that is a, that is a real <laughs> summarization of the Jordan rules I'm sure they're a lot more uh, intricate than that but anyway someone did a book on it I think um, the I think the key factor for me in the 89 series against the Bulls were is the mental fortitude of the Detroit Pistons um, you know they're not even they're, they're like just on another plane they're like, right, okay, you know, Jordan. All right, who else is going to win it? 89. So this time the Pistons come out to take on the Lakers. And I think it's game two, Magic pulls up with a hammy. But the Lakers steam, sorry, the Pistons absolute steamroll them, sweep them, beat them 4-0. Joe Dumas is named finals MVP. Um... And the Detroit Pistons claim the NBA championship. So it's a great moment for them because the years and years and years of determination, the years of like going for that goal, going against a dynasty, and then getting over that hurdle, and then they don't make it. Going up against another dynasty for the second time, and they finally got over the hurdle. They finally get that championship. Now, what is really interesting um, in this is, um, oh, sorry, Joe Dumas got MVP, finals MVP. Yes. For that. Um, so what is really interesting here, and this is huge, I know you'll have a view on this. Never. Pistons are, are now NBA championships. They go back to Detroit. They have a huge um, celebration in, in Detroit. All the fans are out. They're all celebrating. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to say. And what happens is the day of celebration, but it's also the day of the NBA expansion draft. Mm -hmm. And every team, my understanding, is could only protect eight players. That's right. So they protect eight players. Now, you've got Rick Mahorn, you know, you know, one of the other tap-taps of you know, Bill Lane Beer, one yep. of them's getting you, real strong player. He gets picked up in the expansion draft by the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
And I've seen this clip and he he's he's emotional to this day. He cries about it. Like cuz he's like I won a championship on the day I'm celebrating it in the city. I got traded to Minnesota. And you know, he always said he wanted to be the one to defend it. And he never got that opportunity. You look like you're going to say something. No. I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for you to... No, oh, I'm there. Well, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, Yeah. I mean, what... I feel sorry for him. I was just literally trying to find something about what Mahorn did afterwards um, just to make sure I'd fact-checked it. Um, I, I did get it right, luckily. It wasn't completely crazy. Firstly, yeah, shocking and outrageous. Um, because the two expansion teams were the Magic and the Timberwolves. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he got traded to the Timberwolves. Yeah. And he said, I'm not turning up for them. They can jog on. And, oh, really? And he only didn't. He, like you said, I'm refusing to play for you. I'm not playing for you. Who the hell are you? I'm not playing. And you've got to remember, goes back to your story you were saying earlier, when they said, oh, you're going to go play Detroit. And he's like, hell no. That's not happening. Oh, why? Yeah. So he had exactly the same attitude. So what happened? He got traded. To? 76ers and went and played with Charles Barkley in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so him and Chuck then became um, Pump and Dunk. That's what everyone uh, heard, Pump and Dunk. That's what they were. Oh, why? And that's when Mahorn went and played with him for like three or four years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But he literally, they were like, you could have been traded. And he's like, yeah, you can jog on, mate. And they're like, no, no, we expect you there. Now, how... Hang on, you were just saying that the le- the, the West wasn't strong. Yeah. The West wasn't that strong. But do you know what's really interesting? Fast forward to, you know, we're in November 2023. We've just had a whole scenario in the NBA with James Harden. And what was he doing? He was saying, I'm refusing to go and play. I'm at the sixes. I'm refusing to go back to practice. I'm refusing to turn up to play. So they went, all right, fine. Well, they traded him. <laughs> they traded him to the Clippers because he was refusing to, sh- to show up or anything. Uh, okay. And then oh, we well that, I never knew that about Rick Moore. Yeah. They literally just went, off you go. But I feel for him. Like, you just won a championship. You're, You're on the parade. You're on the parade. It's literally parade day. They were like, oh, oh, can I have a quick word. And he's thinking, oh, like, oh they're going to get yeah. us like special suits. They're going to do the crazy ring he thing, whatever. Got- he has got scars. I've seen him cry. He's got scars to this day <laughs> on that. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is that is huge. Yeah, um, I mean, I, how do you do, not just how do you do that, but on the day of the parade, you thought they would? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. If they even NBA if they would, aren't waiting to, for you to do a parade, are they? They're just cracking on. But um, you know that's that shows as well. That's the mentality that the ownership had on the team. And, you know, Jordan talks about that in, in The Last Dance, how some of the challenges with the organisations that the players have had, where they're like, you know, you treat us like a commodity, basically. And yeah. you just trade us away like we're nothing. Um, and that's where then you go into the era of LeBron, where it's like the players have all the power and stuff. and It's a little bit, it, you know, it needs to be somewhere in between, I think. Um Incidentally, that, that was the fun fact I was checking out. It was Larry Bird who made the Larry the Larry Bird rule came out. And that was all about contracts, wasn't it? In the, in that time period that you're talking about. 
because um, Celtics couldn't afford to put Larry Bird and pay him again. Because the rule was, if you were at a team, you couldn't offer them any more money. And they're like, that's crazy. He, we drafted him. He's a player. He's our player. We He wants to stay with us. But you're saying that another team can offer him the same amount of money. That doesn't seem fair. So the new rule came out that where it's like, if you're the incumbent team, you can offer your player extra money. Fast wow. forward to now, that's why everyone gets these max contracts. Larry or, Bird rule. Larry Bird rule. Well, Mark, look, the Lakers, they had done the double. Yes. Um, back-to-back titles. Um, and it was in the 1989 to 90 season yep. when Detroit went, let's do what not many people can do. Let's see if we can do that as well. And they went on, a, you know, 59 games in that season, third division title, third straight division title. Um, Pistons cruised through the first two rounds of the playoffs yep. before a tough Eastern Conference Finals against Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Now, this is the famous one. Um, this is the one. And look, as we've gone through the um, seasons, the playoffs, you can feel, and this is why I've gone back to highlight the Bulls yep. every every uh, playoffs, is because you can feel them getting stronger and stronger and stronger, can't you? So in the um, first time they met in the playoffs, Detroit beat them in five games. Yep. Second times, six games. You get now, it goes to game seven. Now this is the one where you got to say, for five out of seven games, maybe, you know, the individual brilliance of Michael Jordan, unquestioned. Uh, but game seven is the one that everyone remembers as Scotty Pippen and the migraine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a great uh, quote I saw by Bill Lane Beer. He was like, look, in Detroit, unless, you, like, unless you're dying, like you're getting out on that court. Like, I, we don't care. Like, mm. even if you've got a broken leg, you're going out there. Like, don't forget, it was two seasons. Isaiah rolled his ankle yep. and played in the actual finals. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, obviously we know what happens that game seven, Detroit. And I got to say the, I think the, the veteranness, I th- I'm not sure if that's the right word. They've been there. They've done it. Sometimes yeah. when these teams, they've been there, they've done it. The new teams, it's that pressure or, you know, sometimes that the well, veterans or the experience of that look, gets Gold, you through Golden it, isn't State it? have done that in recent years. Yeah, I was thinking Golden State as well. Yeah, right? they've, they've done that in recent years. They've got that experience and they've got the they've got the time on the ball and they've got the game time in the playoffs. And like you were saying earlier about, I might say the league doesn't matter, but the league is just where am I going to get standing when the playoff comes? That's what it really comes down to. And these guys, when you get into the playoffs, they just step up to a different level, and it's 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 yeah. Well, that was the, that's the one is always known as the Scotty Pippen migraine, and yeah, they lose in, um, in game seven, um, I think, that, and that's the third straight season that the Pistons had beaten the Celtics. Uh, sorry, the Pistons had beaten the Bulls and knocked them out in the playoffs. Um, again, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that in, in the next season that we talk about. 
Yep. So they then go back to the finals for the second consecutive year. Yep. And this time they're faced with the Portland Trailblazers, who actually beat them uh, game one. Um, I can't remember who says it, but I've, I've seen it. And he's like, we're going to the crib. One of the guys go, we're going to the crib. We're going to the crib. But Portland Trailblazers, you're not, I'm sure you've heard of him. Clyde Drexler, he was playing for them at the Clyde time. Clyde the Glide. Clyde the Glide. Um, so they split the first two games. Uh, sorry. So um, the first two games were at the Palace. Mm. And Portland still one of those games. So they got home court advantage now. Um, yeah, they used to do it differently, didn't they? They used to do the two games then three games then one and one yeah oh yeah so that's what that guy was saying we're going to the crib so he's basic yeah that's what he said we're going to the crib and we're not coming back yeah that's what he said um so and and the thing that everyone was talking at the time was um detroit had not won a game in portland since 1974. wow um and again it was bill lane beer with his um, what's the word? Um, Enthusiastic approach. Well, it's just like screw you. Like you know, records are there to be broken. That's like, exactly. Yeah. Enthusiastic. So approach. Um, it was very so what. You've yeah, done so this what? before. So what? And, and they had already had a ring now by that point. So they're like now. So what? You've done yeah. this. I think it was Isaiah who said that feeling of becoming NBA champion is intoxicating. And you do anything to get it yeah i can imagine um so anyway detroit haven't won in portland since 1974 they then go on to win game three four and five <laughs> all three games in portland um becoming the first nba team to sweep the middle three games on the road yep um because now we don't do middle three games correct on the road and i think it was um the microwave vinnie johnson who hit the i want to say it was like less than a second he hit like a 15 foot jump shot to win the game and since then i think um all the bad boys call him 007 rather than the microwave um isaiah got nba finals mvp now there is a um an amazing story in in this series that i just wanted to go back and talk about and that is um around joe dumas yeah so um joe dumas his his dad wasn't doing very well at all okay and um you know it what he he was he's basically yeah on his last legs his dad and um before game three joe dumas dad dies yeah and the family didn't tell Joe Dumas because he wanted to play the game first. So he goes into the game and plays not knowing his dad's passed away. No. And he then goes off and scores 33 points in that game. Um, there's one really amazing moment, I think, is Joe Dumas drives in and he just throws this shot up and it just goes like a teardrop, I guess is how I describe it. It just goes so high and then just drops in. But what I like about it, he looks at Isaiah and just pulls this face like, how the hell did that go in? And Isaiah uh, just looks at him. But in Isaiah, Isaiah says this later, 
he looks at him and just goes, yeah, your dad helped you with that one. Wow. Because um, Isaiah knows, Chuck Daly knows, not many people know, but he knows. Um, game finishes, they obviously take game three. They're in the locker room. They say, Joe Dumas, you got to follow me. So he walks out, Isaiah's behind him, Chuck Daly's with him. They walk in office and say, take this call, it's your wife. You need to answer this call. His wife breaks the news to him. He's still in his kit, like sweaty kit just from winning game three. Um, and he then goes straight to the airport where the owner's plane is waiting for him. So he's in his kit and then he flies back to sort out his, his um, dad's funeral and uh, be around for that. And the team were like, look, he needs to do what he needs to do. They weren't expecting him back. He came, comes back for game four, scores 26 points. So, you know, that's a, a really great story to be part of, of that series, I think. That there's... Yeah, I mean... I want to say almost that bit of angelness in there where he's... he's angelness. Just, well, he just goes on fire. Isaiah knows what's going on. He's like, your dad helps you with that, that one. You, you hear something That's like that. That's a great story. It's either going to break you or you're going to hyper-focus on whatever you're doing to get yourself through it, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Do you know, I, I just was looking at that stat, actually. Uh, two things. One, I'm totally correcting myself. It is the other way around. So this you're talking about is the 1990 NBA Finals, yeah? And the season is 89 to 90. Oh, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. I got it the wrong way around. That's my bad. But So if they win 89... So like this one I'm talking about now is the 89 to 90. So, so they would say you're 1990, 1990 champions. champions. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. And so one, the other two facts were one, they are one of only other... The only teams to win in the 90s were the Pistons, the Bulls, Rockets. the Rockets and San Antonio at the end. Uh, okay. That's it. Well, I guess in the 80s, you've got what? And in, and in the 80s, this was the first time since 1979 that neither the Lakers nor uh, the Celtics were in a final. The 1990. Wow. Jeez. Since 1979. Well, that, 11 years without... That highlights... How tough that the, was. How The <laughs> yeah. dominance and how difficult it was to overcome that. And what's... Uh, maybe not sad but because you had Celtics versus Lakers and that's what will always be in history that's why you know we quite like the idea of talking about the bad boys because not only were they such characters it was such an important part of that whole story that sometimes gets missed and they just sometimes get mentioned a bit like uh, like Houston does people will put a footnote next to Houston winning because Michael Jordan was retired. No, they had Hakeem Olajuwon, like the, one of the greatest centers of all time, who absolutely lit up, <laughs> and they won back-to-back -back championships. But people go, oh yeah, it's because re Jordan retired. You go, no, you can't put an asterisk on it like that. They won it, because they won it. The you bad boys did the same. can only play who's in front of you. Exactly, and the bad boys did the same thing. You know, And they beat Jordan, well, and they beat, they beat <laughs> Larry Bird. They. They beat every Johnson. You put someone in front of them, they beat him. And you know what? Physically I, and literally. <laughs> they did that back to back. And that's what, you know, they won those two years in a row. And you could question 
if that and this is why I highlighted it so much at the time if that referee didn't do that phantom call you would argue could would they have had three in a row the first team to have three in a row you could argue it because they had two and they were like about to win at game six but if that had done that that would have had a knock on effect to the other games and maybe, also any of the trades maybe 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 but i'm just saying i i, I think that's all a, a, a really um you know a what if moment yeah i mean they won it if in, they in a, a, a Six, eight, 88, 89. But you're also talking, say, 86, 85, 86. No, no, this was like he called a foul and he scored from the free throw. Like, if that foul wasn't called, game was over. Yeah, but I'm saying if you're going to do that, you've got to roll it back as well and talk about... Oh, what, Isaiah? Isaiah, yeah. when he when he had the but ball and Larry... The f- but, but, that, but if they'd have done that, they would have rolled the Celtics then. If they'd have rolled the Celtics then... Could they have? But could this they have was, gone uh, then? And then in that case, that would have positioned them differently in a draft. So they wouldn't have got Sally. They wouldn't have got Rodman. No, that, they would have. At th- that moment. Um, oh, God, you're throwing me here. 1987 was Rodman and, and Sally. 86, 87 is when they got Sally and Rodman. Yeah. Well, right. What I highlight about that phantom foul yep. is that was in the NBA finals. Yeah. And if that didn't get called, they probably would have won the NBA championships. I'm not saying... Your one is that pass doesn't happen and then they're in the finals. Well, they still got to win the finals. This was they're in the finals. They're about to win it. That's what that, that's why I argue they could. I think they could have got three without that call. Excuse me. <coughs> Do you know what? The other thing I looked up and I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, it's a big shout out to uh, the 1983 champions because I totally forgot that in 1983 it was in fact our good friends the Philadelphia 76ers yeah they did yeah they yeah, won it in 83 um, and when you look down this list Dr it, J it's Seattle Sonics and hang Sen- on are you saying stuff then going back on it people are going to listen to it and going yeah. that's rubbish no because I, I couldn't work out who it was so I actually had to go and look up in- he got there a couple of times and I think it was an 83 finally got over uh, the hurdle yep that was against the Lakers wasn't Lakers, it Lakers yep because it was literally I mean you're looking at this it's like Lakers Celtics Lakers Celtics just the Did whole you say way latex through. latex Celtics yeah absolutely I think there's a club for that right um, but you mentioned about Detroit being in both the finals 4-1 obviously for the second one did you mention the fact that their first win was a complete sweep of the Lakers it was 4 0, complete sweep. Yes. Yeah, I did say that. I mean, you can't, that's the that's Showtime Lakers, complete sweep. I mean, look, when they beat the Lakers and the Celtics, they were, the, those dynasties were coming to a conclusion. You can't hide away from that fact. However, you know, they, they beat them. They beat them. Um, yeah. But uh, let me—I just want let me conclude because we're right at the end of the story now. So, and um, I was shocked that people didn't know about this. Some of the kids I was talking to and stuff I was like, oh, anyway, hopefully they'll take something from this. So the the Pistons then um, they go into the the next season as back to back championships, um, and they get to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals where they meet for the fourth straight time, I believe, the yep. Chicago Bulls. And this is where Chicago now have got that mental fortitude 
Scotty Pippen. Testicular fortitude. Well, all that body work that Jordan went in, yeah. into, um, Scotty Pippen then goes into. And look, there were no migraines in this season. Balls destroy them in four games. Oh, they had Horace Grant as well. He was the same big guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you could argue Horace Grant choked in the previous seasons. Mm-hmm, it was yeah. it was literally just yeah, just Jordan. I, I you could argue, but um, but yes, in in this in this um in this game, it was the breakthrough for the Bulls. Now, what I think is, and is it. <laughs> This is going to start another bloody debate. I just realized how long we've been talking. Um, this was the one, uh, the, a couple of points I want to make with this is Joe Dumas, he actually says um, about talking about the Chicago Bulls, he goes, like, guys, they're us. Like, they've been trying to beat us for three years. We've been trying to beat the Celtics for three years. Like, they are us. They're, 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 it's their turn. And um, this is when the Bulls get the breakthrough. They finally beat them. It's game four, game's over. And this is the famous walkout, the walk-off, which is where our story started as they, um, um, what's his name? Jack McClowski, as they walk off and you see Jack McClowski. But obviously this is Bill Lane Beer's idea. Yeah. And the rest is history. They walk off. Um, I think it would look better if Isaiah didn't tilt his shoulder down. And he tilts it like he's hiding from him a little bit. Um, if you're going to do it, do it. Uh, I think if they could go back in time, I think they would have just shook their hand. I think you can only remember history if you were either there or by what information is presented to you through TV or what's written down. Unfortunately, Isaiah has this ability to keep trying to dig a hole for himself and just won't let things go and just say, if he'd have just said, I was hot-headed, I said the wrong things, or I did the wrong things that time, it was passionate, people would go, great. We've had sports people for years doing outrageous stuff or saying things or doing things, and and people just go, fine. But for some reason, he constantly, I never did that. No, I never did that. It's like, dude, we, we watched you on a film. Like, this isn't like JFK where we're making up who shot you. It's like we, everyone watched you sulk, get your handbag, and walk out. And then the fact that the way that he tries to defend it, whether it's good intention or not, he doesn't do any, himself any favors. And he, the more he sticks to it, the more it's like, oh, it's like you're the guy who's in the corner of the pub talking about something that happened 30 years ago. It's like no one cares anymore, mate. But it's, it's boring. You got to argue it's the best ending to the bad boys. Oh, it is. They it, are the bad boys. No one liked them. And they they've finally been knocked out of the playoffs by the Bulls on, raw, walking off. And yeah, you just done. see Jordan's face like, what is happening yeah. here? And I got a great quote from Jordan. He says this after this uh, this actual uh, series. You see two different styles with us and them. The dirty play and the flagrant fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct. Hopefully, that will be eliminated from the game. I think we can play clean basketball. We don't go out and try and hurt people and dirty up the game. You never lose respect for the champions, but I haven't agreed with the methods they use. I think people are happy the game will get back to a clean game and away from that bad boy image. 
Now he's really focusing and hammering, mm. really focusing and hammering yeah. the bad boys there. Do you know what my problem with that sentence is? Oh, sorry, that, that few sentences. Celtics did it. Yeah. Yeah. What was the guy you said? Ramsey. Not Ramsey. Was it Ramsey? Rambis. Rambis. Yeah. What What did Kevin McAllister do? It took him out. Yeah. Like, um, that's Mc the McHale one thing that. Oh, yeah. He was. That's the one filthy. thing that bothers me. It wasn't just the bad boys. Lots of teams were doing it. Lots of pe players were yeah. doing it. Um, but it I was. I think uh, that it was the way in which they did it. That was the problem. Um, who was it who played? Charles Oakley. That's who I think he played with um in was it charles oakley played with in the bulls and then he went to new york he was a monster and i know jordan would be like yeah that that guy just beat down on us and he, he just didn't care and they were physical and they hit hard and it was they were, you know six foot ten seven foot guys they were like brick walls they weren't going anywhere yeah but somehow it's because of the way in which they did it because of the fact that bad boys were like we just don't care we don't need your approval we're going to take the we're going to beat you yeah and we're just going to keep going at you and we're just going to beat you and they probably did play day and they did i mean lane beer was just shocking legend but at the end of the day you know look at look at people like now i like luca but does he flop loads yeah you know they're trying to bring rules in to stop all these sort of things and the game is always going to evolve and this they i think the pistons did something that let's be fair 1990 was the last time they won that championship the next time they won it was 2004. yeah they had to wait a while for it but um well you think that's 14 years they have to wait for that and that's with wallace rasheed wallace ben wallace uh chauncey billips um Tishan prince we saw him when we yeah. were yeah but all of those guys um they didn't lean into that although ironically 2004 was uh malice in the palace wasn't it malice in the yeah, palace yeah, yeah. They, I, I think they were a very physical team they were a very physical team so they lent on that whole idea but they maybe didn't quite go into it and then obviously that then happened which put quite a few people out because that was 2004 2005 i think yeah so they were champions by then but yeah that was not well not highlight so detroit have built that but if you think that Detroit are one of the oldest teams, the first official game in the NBA was played in 1949. That's the first official NBA game. Okay. Played by the New York Knickerbockers and Toronto. Believe yeah, it or didn't not. They, didn't they try to play it like they played it a it was in Toronto. day early before whoever was going to play, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. The three-point line didn't come until 1979. So my argument is... That fundamentally changed the game, especially nowadays. So I would argue any... God, I any, know where you're going with this. Any trophy before 1979... Doesn't count. Well, it's a different league. It's a different so league. So Seattle lose their... Oh, he's thinking of... He's saying, hang on, let me take that back. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Mark, look, <laughs> let's, let's round this up. Let's talk about the demise of the bad boys. So yeah. after losing to the Bulls in 1981, um, I think there's a couple of seasons, but that's that's pretty much when the bad boys end. I think it ends up with Isaiah and Bill Lane Beer getting a fight. Isaiah punches Bill Lane Beer in the face, breaks his wrist, something like that. Um, and I think Lane Beer retires in 93. Thomas retires in 1994. Um, Rodman 
uh, gets traded. Sally gets traded. The bad boys end. Um, yep. Now, Rodman goes to the Spurs for those three years. Yeah. And then, incidentally, or a few years, and then incidentally joins the Bulls. <laughs> well, I wanted to end this on one point, which was going back to the start with the introduction of Isaiah Thomas. And I'm going to make this point, and I don't care what anyone says. I'm sticking by this. Isaiah Thomas is a better player than Christian Leitner. Fact. <laughs> what? Isaiah Thomas is a better player than Christian Leitner. Isaiah Thomas should have been in the US Dream Team. Fact. And that's oh, wow. in the, that's in 1992. The US Dream Team. Isaiah doesn't get put in it. I know there's a lot of conjecture about Jordan saying I'm not playing with him, but look, that entire league hated the bad boys. And you can't say that the bad boys, what they did over a 10-year period or whatever it was, uh, sorry, eight-year period, um, didn't contribute to the fact that Isaiah wasn't picked in the dream team. Look, yeah. Christian Leitner was a college player. And I know at the time they were sending all the best college players there. Yes. But you got 11 future all-stars in that squad. Why Why put a college player in there? Why? So I originally thought... Isaiah should have gone. I originally thought it was because they had to. Because the same way of even now with boxing in the Olympics, you can't have a professional boxer enter they have to be you know semi-professional or whatever so when you see a boxer in the olympics often they'll come out of the olympics get a medal or do well and then you'll start seeing them in the professional circuit all right i thought that's why all the college people you weren't allowed to send professionals i'll make a different point then mark yeah isaiah thomas is better than some of those players that went that's i'm not gonna say who or who i think but isaiah should who, be who, on the no team. no why not you can't do that Isaiah who, should have been on the team. Who should he have been? Who should he have taken I'm not up? saying. Because it's just going to start a 50-minute debate. With no. Two hours into this already. I want to know. The dream team. Who Who should... Who would, who, do you think he should have been in it? Yes or no? No. Why? Um, If I'm really honest, because did he deserve a place there? Yes. Yes, I agree with that. Should he have been in the team? Hell no. That's that, they're two different questions. I I agree with your first statement. Should he been no? Well, okay, did you he argue, deserve? He could have. He did deserved it. But the reality is, you know, when we've had our five questions and obviously could have upset the oh, hundred percent, he would have because everyone else on the team would have been like, I'm not playing with him. I don't want to play with him. And then you have arguably at that point, you got to remember this is '92. Michael Jordan is the biggest star in the world. Not. He's the biggest basketball player or even the biggest sports person. At that point, you don't really get any bigger than Michael Jordan. Like he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go to countries around the world who don't play basketball and they're like Michael Jordan. He, he was so much bigger than anything else. And I'm not going to go in the whole goat debate thing, but I still don't, because you can't argue that. But Michael Jordan was the blueprint. And every professional basketball athlete now 
looks at Jordan, all defensive, all offensive, MVP, multiple rings, tenacious attitude, physicality, athleticism. There is, he is the blue, his size, his everything, um, his charisma, all of the marketing he's done, the, it's every, the, the shoes, the lifestyle, everything about Jordan was a perfect blueprint. And you look at it, and the only thing they tried to get him on was that he liked gambling, whatever. He's the blueprint, and unfortunately, any other time period, Zeke would have been in that. But you, why would you argue against that's the blueprint? And that's not just the blueprint for everything that the game has been. Jordan is the blueprint for the game right now. You look at LeBron, it's Jordan. You look at Kobe, it's Jordan. You look at any player that picks up a ball today who's in an under-12 team who wants to go and play now. They're not wearing Magic Johnson shoes. They're not wearing Zeke shoes. They're wearing Jordan's. He is the blueprint. I agree with what you're saying. So on that basis, if you want to go to the Olympics and you want to win a medal, you're not putting the players... You're putting the players together that you think will they professionally work and lose their thing and you've got to look at <laughs> historically just before that Zeke walked off didn't do the handshake his attitude in general things and general comments he'd also made comments about making that statement with Larry Bird so you look at the history that he's created for himself in that bad boys era oh yeah let's put him in with all the all the other people do you think that would have resolved a few things? Though, no. Playing together. No, it would have not. They wouldn't have. They they, they allowed Magic to play. Right. He wasn't playing at the time. No. Because he was one of the greatest basketball point guards ever. And, Larry and Isaiah is pretty and pretty close to being second, I'd say. He's a, a phenomenal point guard, and he always will be. The problem with Isaiah. Is the baggage what you're saying? I get what you're saying. I get what you said. Isaiah is Dennis Rodman. That's why they're so perfect together. Rodman, arguably one of the greatest defenders players ever. What's the worst thing about Dennis Rodman? Is it that he's Dennis Rodman? He's an absolute walking nightmare. But on the court, he is amazing. You, you could argue though. Chuck Daly was the coach. He was Isaiah's coach. Yeah. He could have brought. Who no, knows? It's a no, what if moment. No. No. We're going to have to agree to disagree. No, we don't. We just you're wrong. Isaiah Thomas <laughs> should have been in the dream team. Look, we do but our when we do our five. We don't need to go on about this. We do our five and pine. It's the same rules apply. It's the but same. I know, rules I know what you're saying because I'd like to put Isaiah and Lane Beer in my top five, but I struggle to who would who would go with them. So I know the point you're trying to make. I still think Isaiah should have gone in the dream team. Am I correct in thinking that the previous, um, the previous Olympics? they didn't do as well i think they lost to russia yeah they came away with a lost by one it was no they came of... with a bronze medal yeah but i think they got knocked out in the semis by russia by one point i think they scored and then they thought the game was over people were taking their shoes off and they went oh there's two seconds later and it was a heave up the court and they... dan majal is the scoring leader that says it all but yeah that's why i know when they did the dream team they're like we're gonna bring everyone who's the a game yeah. And you go, at that point, Zeke was at the end of his career. Jordan was smack in the middle of it. If you're going to have to pick I'm one, not, they're going to go Jordan. You know, I'm not. Yeah, 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 I know what you're saying, but I, I'm just saying, I think Isaiah should have been he, on that team. He deserved a place, but 
but he just never would let's, have played. Let's the team. leave it there. He, he deserved he a place deserved on the place. team. So that that is the God bad bless boys. You. That is the bad boys. So there you go, Mark. That is a history of the bad boys. Um, and a history of pretty much 80s basketball, to be fair. Yeah. Because so, I'd say they, I won't say defined it, but they really made such a massive impact on it that everyone will, I won't say don't forget, but they just, it's always Celtics and Lakers and you go, and them. And of course, Philly, who in that E3 won it. Yeah, yeah like, and look, winning titles back is hard enough. They did it back to back. Yeah. With dynasties all around them. Um, and again, they're not talked about with love as much. But, you know, champions, my view is champions are champions, especially if you win two in a row. It's no easy feat. And um, the limited number of teams that have done it in NBA history, it this needs to be celebrated. Oh, 100%. Definitely needs to be celebrated. And they, by far, are one of the coolest kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that was... That is the Bad Boys episode, Mark. That is the Bad the Boys Detroit episode. The Detroit Bad Boys episode. So if if you like this, I mean, it's a bloody long thing, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll um, split it in half. Oh, yeah. Um, but who wants if, to listen to two hours? Let us know, actually. Let us know if well, you that's prefer what I was gonna say. If, long ones or short ones. If this... Oh, if, <laughs> if these numbers are good for this, this show, yep. we'll do another NBA team. Yeah, we're doing another That's NBA team. That's what we'll team. do. If it, if, it's, if it goes well, we'll do another NBA team. If no one listens to it, we won't. Fantastic. But I've So got, you better get listening. Yeah, I've got a good way to finish this, if that's all right. Do it. Yeah. I stole this from a TV show. Lovely. So anyway, that is... Oh, do you want to say anything before we go? No. No. Well, brilliant. Well, that is the bad boys. So, look, if you are a truly a fan of the sport of basketball, you've got to include the bad boys in your recognition of the league's greatest champions. And I think we can safely say that if you don't agree with that, then the bad boys will just say you can...